we've watched BC. We've looked with our eyes. We've seen them win three games. We've seen them lose three games. But what do the statistics say about the Eagles so far this season? We're going to be joined by Parker Fleming to talk about the Eagles on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome. This is Locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All right, we are in bi-week mode here, and we're looking at the first six games about Boston College. And we've talked about what we've seen with our eyes, but... It's always a, another way to look at things but with a statistical uh, viewpoint. And Mitch is joining us today. Mitch, how's it going? Doing good. Uh, very excited for this episode. Very excited to talk to our guest uh, who offers a bit of a different viewpoint on this team. Uh, not only is just being an independent observer, but you know, providing some new information that I think is going to be really informative. All right. And Mitch, do you want to just introduce him? Yeah, so we jo- we're joined by Parker Fleming, also known as at Stats of War on Twitter. Uh, Parker, how are you doing tonight? I'm great, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. I've got to say, this is probably going to be the first time I've done any um, Boston College media at all. So I'm really excited to check it off my list, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, well, <laughs> it's, it's a small little community, but we have a, a faithful listenership that is very interested in learning more about um, uh, what you've seen. So... Uh, Mitch, why don't you just kind of kick this off with what some of the things that you wanted to ask? Yeah, so I think what we'll kind of do is I'll give an overview of kind of the counting stats we've seen, you know, your traditional stats that most people can see. And then uh, Parker, I figure we'll kind of have you deliver some of the more advanced stats that we can find and explain them and then what that tells us about BC. So currently BC is averaging 27.7 points per game that ranks 78th in the FBS uh, and the rank is out of 130 for what it's worth. Um, or 133, depending on if you count the teams transitioning up from FCS. Uh, so 27.7 points per game, 397 yards of total offense, which is 64th, 204 passing yards, which is 96, and 193 yard rushing yards, which is 28th. And that big that big part of that is the last game against Army. Um, but Parker, from what we've seen from BC's offense, it's obviously transitioned to a very run heavy offense, especially with the quarterback run game. Um, and the passing game has been pretty hit or miss. And from what I've seen, it seems like they're especially earlier with when the penalties were a bigger issue, they would get into a lot of bad early down situations. Um, And I think that's something that you've uh, really highlighted with your work in terms of predicting offensive success. Yeah. So so some of those, it's fun because some of those, some of those counting numbers are spot on just in terms of, Hey, what are you doing? Well, and you mentioned, you know, the rushing volume, I track this stat uh, rush rate over expected. And so I just account for down distance, yard line, game state, uh, you know, score time left and all of that and say, how often do you run relative to the average team in any given situation? Boston College is rushing 10.2 percentage points more than the average team in any given situation. Um, I'll call that 124th in the nation, but that's just because I scale it, you know, passing is first and most passing is first, most rushing is last. Not necessarily good or bad, but kind of a measure of style there that really shows us they are committing to the run. I thought it was really interesting because this is the first year I've really been able to separate out quarterback scrambles from quarterback designed runs mm-hmm. okay. and uh, 
Castellanos has been all over with his legs, but they haven't really been scrambles. They've been designed runs. He's been keeping the ball. And, and so they are really running. Uh, I mean, he scrambled, you know, what, 95 yards, 17 times, like very good. But I mean, he, they, they are running the quarterback game here. And um, there's mixed returns with, with the run game. So they're 60th in offensive success rate in in the run um in the run game success rate just says how often do you improve the state that your team is in on any given play right so 44 percent of the time when they run boston college is improving the state of their offense right now i just want to follow i want to follow up on that so i i know some people measure success rate differently and is that where the play is generating positive epa for you yeah so so again shout out to the goat uh bill conley who who really got me all thinking about this stuff um, and he kind of found um, using, I believe, equivalent points from hidden game of football. So like a similar idea to EPA, but he found, you know, 50% on first down, 70% of yards on, on second down and 100% okay. of yards on third and fourth down a success rate. Okay. I do EPA greater than zero. And that mostly tracks except in like red zone situations and late mm-hmm. game situations. So just very slight differences, but generally, yeah, EPA expected points added greater than zero just means, hey, did you improve your your lot in life as a team on, <laughs> on any given play? And so they're 60th in success rate, but they're seventh in EPA per rush. A little bit of a disparity there because the success rate is not opponent adjusted, but the EPA is. Okay. Um, and so when they are successful in the run game, they're very explosive. So in terms of like true success, you know, I think they're probably closer to to 30th in the run game there. And then seventh in EPA per rush, they're popping off these explosive runs. And you can see a couple stats there that really bear that out. Castellanos, 3.13 yards after contact per attempt, 20 yards, or excuse me, 20 runs of 10 plus yards um, and 5.9 yards per attempt overall. I mean, that's a very, very beefy run game for the quarterback there. So they definitely have some pop in the run game. Um, and those stats kind of bear, you know, that, that you mentioned the total stats bear that out as well. When we look at the EPA and success rate, we can say, okay, when you have that outlay, when your EPA is is higher than your success rate, we know eh, you're struggling with down-to-down efficiency relatively. But when you are successful, you are, you are making that count. And that seems to bear out in that BC offense. The other thing you mentioned, early downs, late downs, they have a huge, huge split. I think that's a super important facet of the game of college football. How do we think about what you do on early downs, how it sets you up on late downs, and then how you capitalize on those late downs here? Boston College is 108th in the nation in early downs EPA. That means on first and second down, they are 108th. Uh, in improving their state on on third and fourth or on first and second down on third and fourth down they're they're great they're 27th in third and fourth down success rate and i count that you know if you convert on third or fourth down i give you i give you credit there so yeah and i think uh, i think bc is still leading the country in fourth down attempts because with how strong and experienced their offensive line is if they're able to get into fourth and two or shorter they're pretty much always going for it Absolutely. And with the quarterback run game, it's really, really good. And the reason some of that third and fourth down success rate is is so good is one aggressiveness. There's going for the fourth downs and you're going to get it if you go for it. Right. Two, um, they, they, they're so bad on early downs that they're only getting, you know, two or three yards on that first and second down. And so they're finding themselves in third and two, fourth and one kind of situations that are easier to convert. So you kind of have some selection issues there as well that really go to how do we, 
Um, you know, what, what, what third down situation are we in and then how do we convert it as well? So, um, yeah, really, really, really rough on early downs. They're cleaning up a little bit on third and fourth down success. Uh, but a lot of that is just the state that they're in and the fact that they are going for it. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that is affected by penalties because for, uh, I'm not sure how much I, I assume you don't watch. I know your bio says you don't watch the games, but I, I don't know how much BC you're watching, but in the first three games, they struggled a lot with penalties and a lot of them were false starts and because they were having issues with the cadence with Castellanos learning how to, you know, read out a cadence instead of just having a clap cadence. So that was a big part of it. And I wonder how much of that has been, I, I, I don't, I don't assume you to know, I'm just speculating here. I wonder how much that has changed in the last few weeks when they've been able to reduce those penalties on usually first and second down where you have those false starts and illegal formations and whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And and I will say just in terms of my stat one, I, I do watch a lot of games, but I don't watch every game because there's what 60 of them in a weekend. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I did watch I did watch the Florida State game and I was like, man, I love I love like a hating ass Boston College. I want them to be feisty. Like that's very fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, that brings up a good point. And I throw out penalty plays entirely. And okay. there's probably some signal and like pass interference specifically on mm -hmm. offense. Like you think about Tennessee last year or, or um, you know, who's really, really struggling with it. Speaking of ACC and small religiously uh, adjacent schools, SMU is getting worked this year because they don't have Rashi Rice, who was mm -hmm. so good at getting pass interference last year. And so the way that that shows up for me, um, though, is if you're getting, you know, consistently false start or holding on first down, well, hey, you got to get 20 yards. Like the EPA from first and 20, like to get positive EPA, it gets so much harder there. So we mm -hmm. see that in the success rate. We see that in EPA per play because you put yourself in a worse position. So capturing some of that a little bit, but uh, definitely teams can improve over the season and that can make a big difference. All right. In a moment, um, I'm going to have Parker and Mitch. We're going to chat about the defense, which has been a little bit more suspect for BC. We'll get into that in just a moment. Now, if you are in the process of looking for medication, I am going to tell you about the Jace case because Jace case is providing you with five life-saving antibiotics. You can get your Jace case wherever um, on jacemedical.com. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to the medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All right. Locked on BC, AJ Black. I'm here with Mitch and um, Parker Fleming, and we're talking statistical backings, uh, statistical analysis of what BC is doing. And one of the most frustrating parts about BC, we've talked about the offense. We looked at how the rushing game has been effective Uh we have not talked about the defense yet. And Mitch, is there a specific um, uh, statistics you wanted to ask about uh, with Parker? Yeah, so there is one. I'll preface it with the counting stats for defense and then get into the one I really want to talk about. So BC is allowing 31.7 points per game, which is tied for 106. Uh, they're allowing 373 yards of offense, uh, which is tied for 72nd, 210 passing yards, which is 45th, and 162 rushing yards, which is 93rd. But they are allowing a red zone conversion rate, which is the percentage of drives that end in that get into the red zone. How many of them 
ended in touchdown of 95.7%, which is tied for 124th. So really bad. But Parker, you have a stat called Eckle that I am very much fascinated by. And I think would be really informative for our listeners to hear about. And I would imagine that BC is also quite bad in Eckle rate as well. Oh, I think we lost Parker for a second. I muted myself during the ad read so I could preserve the vibe. My bad. I'm here. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So echo is like the, the best dumb stat in college football. And I'll briefly just kind of overview what it is. Really. It got born out of the idea that like time of possession just annoys the ever loving bejesus out of me because it's not like a good, it's not a good measure of really what happened in the game. I think about the, the, the villain origin story for echo is the 2019 uh belk bowl i think it was and it was wisconsin versus wake forest mm-hmm. and wisconsin doubled up wake forest in yardage or sorry wake forest doubled up wisconsin in yardage wake forest had like two to one time of possession all this domination and wisconsin beat them by like multiple scores because wake forest turned the ball over and kept going three and out it was like absolutely terrible it was like it was one of the biggest examples of time of possession one way and actual game result there. And so I started thinking about like, it really doesn't matter so much how long your possessions are. It matters more so like what you do with your possessions, right? And so what Echol does is just look at um, how often do you create a quality possession? And it's defined as like the probability that you score is more likely than not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that roughly correlates to like a first down inside the 37.5 yard line for um for teams on offense although it changes a little bit based on like um who you're playing and uh level adjustments and all that but generally it just kind of says like did you put yourself in a position to score and then what we can do is do a couple things with that one we can look at the ratio of those those possessions right how much of the quality possessions in the game did you control that tells me a lot more than time of possession right Two, we can look at the rate. How often on offense and defense are you creating those quality possessions? And we can look at points per quality possession, points per echo, and say how often are you um, or what are you doing when you when you get those possessions? That also accounts for, I don't know if I said it out loud, um, like big play touchdowns. You get credit for that as well because those are those are good. Even though they're a little bit random, you, you still did a good job on that. So Boston College's defense is in a weird position because they're 64th in echo rate. They're allowing a quality possession from the opponent on 38.3% of drives, right? But they're 133rd in points per echo. That's last in the FBS, 5.78. If you get a first down across the 37-yard line or whatever uh, against Boston College, you're scoring a touchdown. That's just happening so far this season. Um, They've been really, really bad at allowing teams to finish drives. And, And that's really hard because your defense can, you know, present uh, or or prevent a quality possession on two out of three drives, but that third one's still a touchdown. You're going to get outpaced. That speaks to a couple things. When the field gets short, Boston college really, really struggles to defend. um, And and they're really getting worked in kind of those short field situations. Um, It also speaks to, or it's also kind of a, a, um, a, a byproduct of the fact that there are 99th in starting field position allowed. They're letting opponents start at their own 29-yard line. So you have a shorter field for the defense, and and those teams are scoring really, really well when they get the quality possession. It's it's a rough scene for sure. Yeah, their their punting game, I think, is a, a big just taking a big step backwards this year. Um, neither punter is doing a really good job of getting a lot of distance on the kicks. Um, 
But so I mean, I think the other thing a lot of people are questioning about BC's defense is, and this kind of plays into what you're saying about Eckel is they seem to be allowing a lot of explosive plays, especially in the passing game. And I, I think as somebody who studied this team, it, it there's a lot of factors. One is the lack of a pass rush. Uh, the other is just the, the, the way they scheme up the defense by having uh, a very man heavy scheme with single high that can allow that, you know, creates one-on-ones on the outside that, most college quarterbacks struggle to hit, but if you're give if they have a lot of time in the pocket, then it makes it a lot easier. So I'm curious as to what kind of the numbers tell us about BC's ability or lack thereof to limit offenses, explosive plays. Yeah. So they are 123rd in defensive success rate allowed in the pass game, um, which is not great. And then they're 124th in EPA per pass allowed. So expected points added per pass, right? Kind of a measure of explosiveness. How successful were you when you were successful? Um, and that absolutely is, is borne out there. They're really, really struggling to limit those explosives. They're letting up a lot of successes and they're letting up a lot of chunk plays in the pass game right there. Another thing that highlights really kind of the disparity um, or how much this pass game has struggled is their EPA per rush allowed, like their defensive rushing success rate, is 68th in the nation, 67th in the nation. And, and so when you see a big split, like 67th to 124th, you have to think about these selection issues. Teams are lining up against BC and saying, dude, why would we ever run against you? Like we mm -hmm. can pass and kind of do whatever we want. So why would we run? That artificially inflates that rushing EPA per play because then you're only rushing in these obvious situations where you're trying to pick up two yards and the EPA is going to be really, really low. So kind of the selection issue between when teams are choosing to pass and rush is really, really bringing those stats down. And that's something you can't really see in like the aggregate numbers, right? You're going to say, oh, they're not giving up as many rush yards. They're giving up more pass yards. Their pass defense is worse. And I would say, no, I think it's all pretty equally bad. I think that they're <laughs> getting picked on the pass game because like if I can pass on you, why would I not do that, right? And so I think that's the situation that they're in. Yeah, that was definitely the case in the Louisville game where, I mean, it was bombs away for pretty much the entire first half. And I mean, and, you know, they, they didn't really run the ball, you know, super consistently or, uh, but you know, they had two explosive run plays, including that fake kneel down. And then the other times it, like you said, it was like, you know, second and two, and then they would run it and get it to be easy. But yeah, that, that, that definitely tracks. All right. We'll be back. We're going to finish up our conversation with Parker Fleming to discuss. Uh, Mitch has a few more statistical analysis points that he wants to get into with BC. And we'll get into that in our final segment. Now prize picks is the largest uh, independently owned fan uh, daily, excuse me, fantasy sports that you can find out there. It's the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just pick, select two or more players, pick more or less than their projected stats and boom, place your entry. You're good to go this week. Prize picks. I saw, uh, you know, some really good selections there with unders for Mac Jones and unders with, you know, a lot of other quarterbacks that you may think be struggling. You just pick those, you go in, you pick, you win. It's very easy to use. I love it. Make sure to go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, wrapping things up here with Parker Fleming. I got a question for Parker more on uh, his own background. Parker, how did you get into, you know, your, your love and in, in understanding of statistics like this? Yeah. Would you believe me if I told you I was a religion major undergrad? <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I really, um, I really have always like liked keeping score with baseball and stuff, and uh, just really thought, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of, um, it, it's a way to interpret the world for me. And I was religion major undergrad, liked kind of the systematic systematic aspect of it. Decided I want to go back to grad school and get a more technical kind of degree. So I, I, I did some grad degrees in economics. And I took a bunch of boring math classes. And really the only way that I could survive those boring math classes was to start to think about like, how do I apply this to football? How do I get in, into this here? And, and that kind of helped me click. So, uh, you know, in, in one way, that's kind of how. Another way is I just try to ask and answer interesting questions about football. Like I like football a lot and I want to know about it. I want to know more about it. And that's kind of the way I interpret the world. And so I just kind of said, hey, what would I need to know to better understand this situation? And then I started learning the tools and skills to kind of answer those questions convincingly. So a little bit of boredom, a little bit of aloofness, a little bit of wandering, a little bit of, hey, I just kind of wanted to know. And that's uh, that's how I ended up here. I think our brains work very similarly, Parker, as, a, as, a, as another uh, former humanities major who turned in, into uh, sports uh, or who is now doing something with sports analytics. Um, but so some of our last questions, uh, one I want to ask, are there any of these statistics that, you know, BC, like BC is obviously really struggling especially on defense uh the offense is a little better uh thanks to the run game but i guess more specifically on defense are there any of these stats that you would say i guess can be really affected by like a, a team changing performance or is, is essentially is, just, is bc doomed to this for the rest of the season yeah i thought you were gonna i i i, I used to do a tcu podcast and we would say before before he had a high his heisman breakout we were big max duggan defenders and, uh, and we would have people on the podcast and we would say, say nice things about Max Duggan. And we put some people in awkward positions because they were like, he's bad right now. <laughs> um, so I thought you were going to say, say nice things about BC's defense. And I was going to be like, I don't know. No, man. no, believe me. Um, I, I know there aren't many, there aren't many things to say. And I'm not going to make you do what I try to do every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think if I'm looking at this, a couple areas that I believe are controllable that are in within the grasp of a team, given a talent level, given a coaching structure, given a system, um, a couple of those things are um, early downs on uh, EPA. They're 129th in early downs EPA. And I don't think that is so much that it's open and they don't know what to do. Like, you know, when context doesn't di dictate, are you going to run or pass? I think a lot of that is just because um, maybe they're not keying in enough on the pass. Maybe they, they, they're they a little bit slow to pick up on the idea that like, there is no credible threat of a run because teams are just not going to run against you. They're going to pass. So I think they can make some gains there in that field position. Obviously you mentioned the punting game. I feel like field position is very much in a team's control there. And the longer field you make a defense walk or an offense walk down, uh, the harder it is for them to score. And so the, those two things are really in control of a, um, are really in a defense's control. I think I, I think it's hard with like a fixed level of athleticism to do a whole lot about like what do you do when you get into a scoring opportunity because a lot of time there's scheme and there's coaching and there's athleticism in those short fields that really, really matter. And it's just hard to change those in season. But you can do things in like, hey, can we get them starting in further back positions? Can we get them off kilter and early downs to try and make it harder for them to string together drives? Those are the things that I think could potentially be changed in season. And uh, one of the, so kind of off that point, and actually to flip it, BC recently had to make a switch with their punt returner. Um, and he is the previous guy was kind of just letting balls bounce. And I feel like there was a ton of hidden yardage. 
um, that got lost there. But then when they made the switch, it seemed to really turn things around um, minus the army game when it was played in a monsoon. Uh, but I'm kind of wondering, is that the same way for offense? And then also, I, I think we might not have touched on BC's echo rate when they have the ball. And I would be curious about that. Yeah. So, well, well, so I would say if you're a favorite, don't feel the punt, right? The only, only good thing that can happen. The only thing that can happen when you try to field a punt is either you're obviously better than someone and you're going to score anyway. You don't need the, you don't need the special teams play or you're going to fumble it. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you're a dog, like BC is, Hey man, we need the positive variance, right? We need, we need weirdness to happen there. So absolutely feel the pun. I like that phrase lost yardage BC on. So they're 107th in starting field position. Not great. That's got to improve. Right. Cause again, longer field, harder to score. Um, but in terms of echo rate, they're, they're 64th in, in generating quality possessions, 44.4% of their, um, drives end up in a quality possession. Now the stat I'm about to say is a little misleading and I'll, and I'll contextualize why. They're 11th in points per echo right now, right? That's good. You don't want to be bad at points mm-hmm. per echo. But because their echo rate is so low, it's suggesting that they're not really getting those touchdowns from those march down the field drives, those kind of sustainable, replicable drives. They're really only scoring when they pop off the big play. And mm-hmm. so it's going to suggest that a lot more of their points and a lot more of their quality possessions are coming from plays that are less sustainable, those big play touchdowns rather than those kind of march down the field drives. Yeah. Thinking back, I'm kind of seeing in my head some of those long, although I think thinking back on some of them, I think there might be a bit of a, I don't know if you would call it noise, but I I seem to be thinking them getting like 40, like the 45 yard touchdown. So it's technically not an echo, but it's, it's close, you know? So it is is in that situation. It is an echo. Okay. Um, And it's seven points per echo right there. Right. So that kind of inflates it. But if they did, you know, in a game, right. In a single game, if they did, oh man, I almost I almost started doing math on air, but I'm going to keep myself. <laughs> that. But if I if I if I get a big play touchdown, right, and then I have three more first downs inside the 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 three more drives to get a first down inside the opponent forty or whatever, I have a twenty, I have a one hundred percent echo rate, um, but then seven divided by four, less than two points per echo, right? So like, if if I'm if I'm getting those other ones, but what BC's not really doing is getting so many of those other possessions they're only scoring on those big play touchdowns so it's like hey you've got a 25 percent echo rate one out of four there but you scored a touchdown on it so you have seven points per echo right so again a little bit of selection bias there and saying like if you're not consistently getting those first downs inside the 40 you're only getting those big play touchdowns your efficiency is going to be artificially inflated because you're scoring every time you get an echo because you're not getting an echo very often gotcha all right all right. Well, Parker Fleming, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, Stats of War on Twitter is kind of the hub. I do the BetUS uh, show, um, NCAA Picks and Predictions. That's on YouTube Tuesday and Wednesday at noon central. It's a fun time. The chat is a whole crazy thing. You can check that out on YouTube, but find me on Twitter at Stats of War. That's kind of where everything is. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. And we will be back on tomorrow's show again. We'll be talking BC football, got a little BC hockey talk, and uh, we'll have everything else on Locked on BC, your only home for daily Boston College sports.